Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. This is the Maverick Podcast. I am your host, DJ Maverick. Today, we have an entrepreneur and also merchant liaison, the one and only Jose Becerril. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for the invitation. Um, I'm really happy and glad to be here. Um, thank you. We were already chopping it up off camera. We were talking crypto. You saw the, the picture back there, and it sounds yeah. like you're into crypto. But before we dive into everything, maybe for the 1% of the people out there that don't know who you are, please introduce yourself. Thank you. Uh, my name is Jose Becerril. Um, I'm 31 years old, originally born in California. I was only there for about two years, and then we moved down to Tecosautla uh, Hidalgo. Uh, That's where my mom's family's from. Okay. Uh, lived there till I was about 12, I believe, or some somewhere around there. Um, and then from there, from this tiny rancho yeah. in Mexico, we moved to uh, Edmond, Oklahoma. Man. Um, it was a it was it was culture a, shock, right? Very, very, <laughs> <laughs> very shocking. So up until the point that you moved to Edmond, you were just speaking Spanish the entire time. It. No, no it. English at all. No English no. at all. Nothing. I think I knew how to count. I thought I knew how to count from like one to, to 10. Yeah. Um, but not so that much. Was it. <laughs> that was it. So what grade did you end up starting here? Like once you moved back? Uh, initially the first, um, it was really fifth grade, but it was only for like a month and a half. Okay. Uh, we moved here like around March or so. Mm -hmm. And then my mom had to figure out, cause my mom doesn't speak much English, but back then she definitely didn't speak any English and yeah. we didn't speak any English. So it took her a minute to kind of figure out how to like um, get us started in school and everything. Sure. A couple of months and then, uh, yeah, kind of finished fifth grade and then started middle school. Cool. So take me back. What was that like? You get here, you don't speak English. Like what were some of the struggles? What were some of the experiences that you faced? There? Oh, man, it was crazy. So I came from a, a small rancho where, you know, we had to walk like 45 minutes to school through yeah. like this mountains and everything. Man. Um, uphill both ways uphill right? both ways literally <laughs> yeah. you know like um i don't know what a cafeteria was or anything mm -hmm. uh come here and it's like the bus picks you up and i was like okay how do i know it's the right bus i didn't know it was just they had one route so i was yeah. like how do i know it's the right bus i don't know i'm not getting kidnapped <laughs> um you know went to to school um first day of middle school was crazy because you know um i don't know how a lot of middle schools here in okc work but uh, the one that I went to is called, uh, it's called Cimarron, Cimarron Middle School. Yeah. Uh, they gave you a schedule to change class every hour. Uh, I had no idea that <laughs> that even happened. You're like lost trying yeah, to find so, the classroom. <laughs> well, not even. So I, we were taken by a secretary uh -huh. that spoke a little bit of Spanish. I was taken to my uh, first class in the morning. Yeah. We had no idea that I was supposed to keep a schedule with me uh, to find out what class I was supposed to go to next. So I just sat in that classroom and I was like, okay, well, I'm here. Oh, and then the kids would leave. And, and then the ki there? kids left. And I was like, is like school over? Like I had yeah. no idea what was going on. And like the teacher realized it was like, okay, well, this kid doesn't speak any English. Uh, let me see what I can do for him. Yeah. Um, so like he called the secretary that kind of spoke a little bit of Spanish and, you know, they took me over there. We were there for some hours. They had to call another girl that was in a different grade. From like I was in sixth grade. I think she was in eighth grade. Like just a student or just what? a student. Okay. Yeah. To like and she knew a little bit of Spanish. Like yeah. she had, you know, her parents were Hispanic. But um, and she was the, the one that kind of explained it to me. She was like, this is your classes. This is where you're supposed uh, to go okay. to. And she literally was with me all day, just taking me to my classes. That way I knew where to go. Yeah. 
cool. <laughs> and what was that like? Like, did you experience any bullying or anything or did you adapt if, pretty quickly or what? If I experienced any bullying, I had no idea what was going on. So okay. maybe I did. Maybe, I, I, I don't think <laughs> like, I, I don't did. Know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, no, it was, uh, you know, I was I was the only his, Hispanic basically besides that girl. And yeah. she was only there for a couple of months because I think she ended up moving back to Mexico. Okay. So after that, I was kind of just on my own and I just... It took me some years to finally speak because like yeah. I was like, well, I know my English sucks. So I, you know, I was embarrassed of like speaking. Okay. So it wasn't until like eighth grade that I actually started like just speaking to my friends and everything. I would hang out with people. Yeah. As I quote, quote, hang out. We were just. You were just quiet? Quiet. Or <laughs> basically. Yeah. I had yeah. no idea what it was going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> cool. What was high school like for you? At that it, time, it was, it was like yeah, it was smooth sailing at that just, point. By then, yeah. I was good. I was uh, high school. I was like, okay, I already know how to speak English. I knew. Yeah, I had to figure things out. So, yeah. if you had to do it all over again, would you still do that? Like, would you still want to grow up in Mexico versus here? Um. So for the longest time, I wanted to move back to Mexico because that's oh, really? you know that's I I consider myself like that's where yeah. I was raised. You know, yeah. that's where my roots come from and everything. Yeah. So even people, when they ask me, were like, where are you from? Well, I'm from Hidalgo, Mexico. Okay. Even though I wasn't born there. But so you I mean, feel more comfortable with I feel, Mexico. Mm -hmm, yeah. I feel a lot more comfortable with Mexico. Okay. Um, but now it's like, you know, I understand the culture, the yeah. economy of the country and everything. It's like, okay, well, I think I'm better off here. Yeah. What about uh, music? Do you Did you gravitate to any, like, bands when you first got oh, here? Man. What, type uh, of, what type of stuff were you listening to? Back then, I think uh, middle school. Um... For some reason, I started liking techno a lot, like house music. Oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, so I kind of listened to that. But unfortunately, I wasn't able to learn any English from it because okay. it was just beats. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, then like in in uh, high school, I was I started getting into like rock. OK, because most of my friends were like they were all gringos. You know? Yeah. So yeah. Um, what a what age rock are we talking about? We're talking about like the emo rock. Oh, OK. OK. So like My <laughs> like, Chemical Romance. My Chemical Romance. Like Green Day. I used okay. to really like Green Day, the Ramones, awesome. things like that. And uh, yeah. and then I've realized there was a uh, the, the Spanish version of it. So, okay. man, I, I was hooked for like what? Years. Like Caifanes or something? Or uh, I, I like Caifanes yeah. more like uh, I used to really like like bands like Soe, Cobo, okay. uh, Panda. Cool. Bands like that, they were like more emo. And then I, yeah. then I discovered things like Eros del Silencio, Enrique Bumburi, Caifanes. Nice. Okay. Um, cool. You know, so yeah. that's that's what I listened to most of my youth. Awesome. So in high school, like, what was your career goal? What did you want to do after high school? Um. So I knew I wanted to get into college because I was well. Then I wanted to get into college. Mm -hmm. Um. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Of course, you know, any Hispanic parent wants you to be like a doctor, a doctor a lawyer. or a lawyer or something. So <laughs> yeah. my mom was really pushing me to do things like that. So that was like the only option, right? You that was the only out. option. But, you know, I started going. Uh, I went to OCCC right after high school. Mm -hmm. um, I was only there for like three semesters. And I was like, no, screw this. Like this. I, I don't want to. Yeah. This isn't what I want to do. So I dropped out. And then I was like, well, maybe I can just work here and there. And then I'll just figure out what I want to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for, for years, I kind of did that. And eventually, um, I went to Francis Tuttle. I went back to school to Francis Tuttle for, uh, sheet metal aviation. Okay. Cool. So I did that for like eight years. Okay. So you wanted to like do like aircraft maintenance type I just stuff, thought I, or? so ever since I was little, I've always liked aircraft. Okay. Uh, you know, like when I was little, I would look like up at the sky and see like aircraft flying. And I'd be like, man, what yeah. is it? 
I wonder what it's like to be up there. Okay. And then I got the opportunity to work on aircraft. I worked on commercial aircraft. I worked on, I worked at Tinker for six years. Cool. Uh, worked on all those jet fighters and all that. Okay, cool. And then at that point, like, where did the career change? Because we're going to get into how you became an entrepreneur. <laughs> so walk me through maybe some of the jobs or, you know, that path of how you got there. So honestly, it was um, a lot of it had to do. I always knew that, um, you know, I, 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 I knew this since I was like in high school. I was like, if I really want to like do something yeah. big, I got to do it on my own, you know, mm-hmm. uh, unless I go to like and get my MBA or like become a lawyer or just something that requires a lot of, sure. and, like, honestly, I hate school. So I was like, <laughs> man, like, did you I need have a, good grades or no? They were average, average. honestly. Okay. <laughs> C's, B's, some A's. I was mm. never like a top student or anything. Um, especially in college, I was like, man, I don't, I don't like doing this. Yeah. Um, but so I always knew, I was like, if I want to do something that I can actually control, I got to do something on my own. Cool. Um, but it took me like years to really like figure out. And really, I didn't even know what I wanted to do. I was just like, I got to do something on my own. Okay. Um, so one cool. day I just... And we'll talk about that, but it was just it literally one day I got up and I was like, today's the day. I just got to do it. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. So did you have any jobs other than the the Tinker experience? Or oh, like, yeah. I yeah. worked, man, uh, worked retail. I worked restaurants. I worked construction. I worked yeah. uh, landscaping. I mean, you name it. I've done a little bit of a lot of things. I worked at a pawn shop here in the South side. Uh-huh. Did that for some years. Cool. Um, and then I, the, the one that I was, uh, I mean, it paid well. That's why I was there for so long. It was a tinker. Tinker. Okay. So if you had to sum up all those experiences into like the best advice or the best thing that you learned out of all those different jobs, what would it be? I would say, honestly, like, like just try different things, you know, just because yeah. a place pays well or like, you know, you feel comfortable there. Nah, just yeah. like if it's not something that you enjoy, go out and do something that you feel like you might enjoy. Okay. You might hate it, yeah. but you'll never know until you try it. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people get comfortable. Right. Or like you said, the money, mm-hmm. right? Like the money keeps you there, but you probably are miserable. Right? Yeah. I was. That, that was me at my last job, like a tinker. I was yeah. like, I paid real well. Benefits were great and everything, but mm-hmm. it was just it would drain life out of me every morning. My Edo, is that like your first like entrepreneur? No. Or no. Like what was like the first thing that you did? The first thing I actually brought the shirt. Just oh, nice. I, I like to remind myself where I come from. Okay. It was um, like I said, I got up one morning and I was like, today's the day. Um, did you just like put in your two week notice or you no, said, no, no, like, no, no. I'm out? I, I was at Tinker uh, still. Okay. So I did. I, I knew better not to just quit and like okay. do it. But to start my first business. I actually, um, you know, I was like, oh, what can I do? Mm-hmm. Um, this was back in 2018, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, I was like, okay. So it really took me a week mm-hmm. uh, to kind of figure out what I wanted to do about a week or so, maybe two. So I don't remember. Um, but um, I got up and I was like, okay, I need to look around, see what I can either sell. Maybe I need to learn a new a new." Um, you know, a new skill or something, something, but I, today's the day I needed to go go out and find out what I need to do. Um, so it's whenever, uh, all the dispensaries were opening up. Oh, you remember? Yeah. Yeah. They were all over the place. (laughs) Now they're all over, but back then (laughs) they were just like, they kept popping up like weeds in your front lawn. Yeah. Cause Uh, they were all, I think waiting for that law to pass. Yeah. I think it started in 2017, but 2018 is when people like started realizing money was there. Yeah. Um, 
because I was a tinker, I know I couldn't deal with anything cannabis related. So uh, I was like, okay, I don't want to lose the job because yeah. you know it's my <laughs> it's what pays the bills. Definitely. But what can I do around this that is so new that I can like it's a it's a very new market. What can I do? Yeah. So I literally just started Googling things. Okay. Um and I was like, Well, you what what do you need what do you need to smoke cannabis? You know, mm-hmm. I was like, Well, um, I can't produce cannabis i can't grow it i can't touch cannabis at all but what can i do to like work around it like have some exposure to it right yeah Yeah. so i found this really cheap lighters Mm -hmm. um from china okay and um there were these little rechargeable batteries Uh uh-huh well lighters that you could recharge through a usb port and i was like they were like they were dirt cheap yeah so i was like man screw it I'll probably try to sell them to like smoke shops, like the cigar shops, you know, the Cuban okay. cigars. So I went in and I just pulled money out of my savings account. And I think I spent like $800. How many, to buy how many lighters did you 500, get? 500. And I don't even smoke. So I was like, I, I was like, okay, I'll, right. I'll just buy them and figure out what to do with them. This Once is I, either going to be the most amazing play <laughs> or you're going to be stuck with 500. Exactly. You still have lighters today. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So um, I ordered them. Um, I was so nervous. I was like, man, what if they steal my money? You know, but I was yeah. like, okay, it's $800. I can live without it. Um, like I said, I took it out of my savings and mm-hmm. talked to my wife and everything. She was like, well, go for it. If we lose the 800, we'll lose it. You know, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got, I got him. And then I started just literally after work, started mm-hmm. driving around Midwest city, Oklahoma city, Edmond, and just started going to these smoke shops, the so cigar we're talking shops. talking like old school, out of old the trunk. School, like, out hey, of the I've trunk. Got these hey, I got these lighters. Are you guys <laughs> like interested? It. And uh, I went to four. There isn't that many. So I went to like four mm-hmm. and they were all like, no, like this is some cheap Chinese things. Oh, we were like, man. they were like, we don't want it. They yeah. were like, and like the last guy, he even cussed me out. He was like, take this shit out of my store. Like, I, was like, I was like, you're like, great. I was like, oh, okay, great. Like now I'm stuck with 500 lighters. I don't smoke. I don't need them. Yeah. What I do with it? What do I do with these things? And this was at Midwest City. I remember like walking out and then I was like, oh, fuck. Like, what do I do with this? Man. And I looked, literally looked up and there was a dispenser in front of me. Okay. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I can even go in there. Like initially I wanted to work around dispensaries. But oh, so you were going to like smoke shops. Smoke but not shops, dispensaries. my dispensaries. Um, okay. But I knew I was like, okay, you know, people that smoke cannabis go into these smoke shops to yeah. get their lighters. Okay. Um, so I was like, man, screw it. I'll go in there. And they kicked me out. They kicked me out. No big deal. You know, yeah. um, I went in there and like, it was just, it was an employee and they were like, oh, like, well, you know, we can't buy anything, but these look really cool. Like. Nice. I'm sure our, our uh, customers will like them. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, what do I do? You know, like, you guys interested? Can I get mm. the owner's information? He was like, well, the owners aren't here, but um, try to send email an email to this, yeah. uh, to them. And, but that's when I realized, I was like, okay, like, they're interested. He might not be able to buy anything, but he's yeah. interested. So cool. I literally, from there, I just started hitting up every dispensary that I would drive by. I would stop and, like, offer it. Nice. And eventually, like, some of them hooked and started buying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I was in there, I was like, okay, well, what else can I buy? What, what else can I get from China that I can supply them with? Okay. Um, and then I found that they needed like bongs and pipes. Okay. And I was like, okay, well, I'm still not touching cannabis. Yeah. Let me sell this to them. Did you have a website or a business card or anything? Nothing. To, like you would just introduce yourself and Hey, I'm Jose and I've got this lighter. Exactly. That's it. That was yeah. it. That All was right. it. I had no idea how to do a business. I had no yeah. idea what to do. I had no idea how to start a uh, website yeah. that I even had to get an LLC. Nothing. nothing. I knew nothing <laughs> about it. 
Yeah. Uh, but I was like, you know what? I'll learn along the way. Um, so yeah, I started uh, eventually uh, right before COVID. I I was uh, the sole supplier for about fifty or sixty dispensaries. Really, all yeah. lighter still? Or no. Or by everything? then, I had a whole. I mean, line of like nice. bongs, <laughs> pipes, lighters, awesome. mats, you name it. Everything yeah. that I could get my hands onto from those cool. manufacturers, that's what I was doing. And then cool. COVID hit and then the business just went. I couldn't get products from China. So I was like, okay, like this is not viable. Anymore. Was that a problem? Did they like start hitting you up? Hey, we need yeah. more inventory. Yeah. And you're like, I can't get it. I told, what? I straight up told them, I was like, I can't get it. I'm sorry. And yeah. then I would get it. It would take months to get it. And as soon as I would get it, it was gone. Like oh, they would take it from my hands. Yeah. And they would get mad because I had to put a cap on them. Yeah. I was like, you know, I have to only supply you for so much because I got other. Uh, That's crazy. Places. You go from like nobody wants to buy it to like they're asking for it. They're and you asking. Can't, you I don't can't, have enough inventory. Exactly. That's amazing. Um, but then I was like, OK, like this is environment anymore. Shipping got crazy. It went from like ten dollars a pound to bring it from China to yeah. like $30. So I was like, I'm not making any money. Okay. And places didn't want to pay, you know, three times the amount sure. for the yeah. product. So I was like, okay, it's time to kill the business, you know, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, by then I had a little more experience. I had been listening to reading books, listening to podcasts. And I would remember this one guy talking about, he was like, you got to know when to kill your business if it's not profitable anymore. Okay. I was like, I think it's that time. I think yeah. it's that time to kill, go ahead and kill it. Cool. Um, but because of that, it was, uh, it could have been unfortunate. I think it was very fortunate that that happened is where the Maedo idea came from. Cause okay. I was like, okay, well, like I speak Spanish. Why can't I just go down to Mexico and buy them? Yeah. Um, they don't make them down there, by the way. <laughs> what were you trying to get? Like what pipes type of- and bongs? Oh, Cause I was, still, I was still trying okay. to supply these dispensaries All right. cause I had, it had taken me forever to build this client base. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like I still want to sell to them, but yeah, I went down to Mexico to like silicone factories. And they were like, yeah, we don't make any of that. They okay. were like, we can supply you with like, moldes de gelatina but i was like yeah that's not what they want (laughs) yeah Uh, so i had to kill it um but then that's where maedo started okay i was like okay well um i remember going into the websites the chinese websites Mm -hmm. and i was like can do they supply like mexican manufacturers and i was like okay they don't so i have a some friends that they do software developing yeah and i told them i sat down with them and i was like hey i think we have an opportunity here um i think we could do something out of this opportunity um it took me a little bit to convince them uh, yeah. and then they were like okay like let's do it like you're in charge of finding manufacturers and finding people that want to buy from the manufacturer and we'll start working on the but you weren't focusing on any type of good it was just we're going to be basically a wholesaler yeah yeah basically okay well first we wanted to start with products like um Productos artesanales like okay. all that are, uh, artesanal stuff yeah um but it was so difficult it was just you know most of the artesanos in mexico they don't have a like an rfc with here's like an LLC. right right um and we were like okay we need you to have it just for libel purposes yeah <laughs> you yeah. know for legal purposes we need you to have it and they're like well we don't have it we can and sell it you were just like visiting like random parts of mexico trying to find these people everything or? was through zoom phone calls oh yeah okay. uh googling google okay. was my best friend yeah. and at first it was just like i was like I got to call them and ask if they're even interested in doing this because, you know, we can't start this software because that's very expensive. I was like, we can't start just building something without even knowing if people are interested. Yeah. Um, But most of them were like, okay, sounds like a really good idea. Like, Mm -hmm. like put us down, like let us know when you have it and um, we'll be on the waiting list. So have you heard about Zappos? So this is a website where you can buy shoes and that's all they did was just shoes, right? Mm -hmm. 
So the guy set up the website, but he didn't have any inventory. So he just put the website, people would order a shoe, he would go buy the shoe and then box it up and ship it. So he kept doing that until he couldn't keep up with it. And he's like, okay, there's something here because I, I can't keep up with it. People are buying shoes. So that's how he kind of like proved his model. But how did you prove your model to say, hey, maybe there's something here? Um, kind of the same thing. We, uh, we were like, okay, we still don't have the software, but um, let's tell people we have it. And just, we literally, we were like, oh, our system's still down. But, oh, really? <laughs> um, here's the catalogs. And yeah. if you want anything, we can get it for you. Nice. And some people started buying. So you were, you were basically hitting up people here in the U.S. and saying, we've got all these arsenal, yeah. like vendors. Did you just like make up like pictures and stuff? No, or? we actually got catalogs from them. Okay, uh, so we, you, we got you had like actual products. Like, uh -huh. This is what we can provide. Yeah, you. so and we, we, I was like, first I was like, let's, let's make sure it works. So I was like, okay, like, um, let's just get catalogs from them. Let's look for the best products and yeah. offer them to the public, uh, to some like small retailers here in Oklahoma City. Cool. And, uh, you know, some of them were like, okay, like this is a good price. Cause it was directly yeah. from the manufacturer. So it was like, we were beating everybody else. Were you price. doing anything like 5%, 20%? At that moment we we're like, no, let's just make sure they want to. Cause ultimately yeah. we knew we were only going to buy, like put in a, like an extra charge of like five, 10%. Okay. We were like, okay, they can, most people can afford that, you know, yeah. okay. here. But first we were like, let's just see if, cause we were like, we had bought things from China before because of the Maeda, uh, JB's accessories, but yeah. we had never bought from Mexico. Oh, so JB's was the there was the, the lighters, the lighters, and the, and the bongs, and everything. And everything. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I mean, like the website that we were using called Alibaba, they had everything figured out for you. Yeah. And and through us, we were like, okay, well, we don't know what permits you need, right? What you need from Aduana. We we're like, we have yeah. no idea what what well, what to do. And or what about transporting the stuff? How are you going to do that? Um, we knew we needed to use things like DHL or FedEx cause we knew we had to be, um, uh, insured. Okay. So, um, just the people, luckily we found a few that were like, oh yeah, we already shipped to like some parts of the U S. Oh, cool. Um, so we already get, you know, like we sent through like UPS or FedEx or something. We're like, okay, great. Okay. So those so are, we're not talking like people out in the Sierra and the mountains no. that are like, uh -uh. I've never seen like a website before. Like these people were like up to date with technology. And sort everything. of, you could say, sort of, you yeah. could say, um, we did get some like, um, people that just had their puestos and they were like, I want to sell yeah. to the S um, eventually we figured out what we needed, like certain, you know, we have some requirements that you need to meet in Mexico okay. in order to work with us now. Cool. Uh, but at first we were like, no, nah, let's just try to get anybody on board and yeah. see if they're interested. Okay. Um, and we're just, yeah, just showing catalogs. That was it. Nice. And then you got like the people in Mexico signing up for your service at the same time, or how yeah. are you like putting that connection together? So yeah, we were, um, um, and that's still how we're growing, how we're finding more manufacturers. It's like, um, let's say you had a small boutique or a small store at the Pulga or something. And you're yeah. like, oh, I need huaraches or I need shirts. Okay. We would just go out and look for those manufacturers. That's uh, how cool. we, that's how cool. we, and then, uh, but now some of them are reaching out to us. They're like, oh, we, you know, we heard about you, especially with a, um, eventually we, um, we found a partner for our logistics. It's a, yeah. it's actually a pretty big partner. Uh, they're called Skydrop X. They're based off Mexico and they do, they have a, uh, software that you can use and like get quotes for shipping and oh, they nice. work, they work directly with like UPS. They, they literally figured all that out for us. Okay. So cool. when we found them, we were like, okay, we hit jackpot. Like this nice. is, this is the <laughs> way to go. Cool. 
Where did the name come at? Like, what does that mean? Like, my Edo. Yeah. Um, so Edo really is a, we were just one day, I remember uh, my uh, other co-founder, his name's Fernando. Um, he's from Aos Calientes. And we were like, uh, we just, he went to my house and we were like, okay, like, let's figure out a name. Yeah. We were just Googling things left and right, looking up names. We wanted to like have some sort of Latin meaning behind it. Uh-huh. And uh, we looked up um, Edo is a Latin word for like, um, if I remember correctly, it's uh, like to create, to bring, to um, basically to to create, to create, something. to bring, to help. Okay. And we're like, okay, well, we're creating a software, we're helping mm-hmm. wholesalers, and we're um, we're just bringing products into the U.S. So we're like Edo, yeah. and then Maya was just like, um, we have other plans for the company in the future, so we're like, we want to kind of like. I for Apple. Okay. We wanted to have the my for my Edo. Okay. So the my cool. is just my, like my creation, my, my blank, help, whatever. my blank. Okay. So in the future, we can have other branches of businesses towards it. Yeah, that's cool. And how how big is your team now? You, you mentioned another person, but how big is your team? So now? it started just the two of us. And then now we have a software develop another software developer. And then we have a, um, a person of operations in Mexico. Okay. Um, She's cool. in Querétaro. Cool. Did you uh, try to raise any funding or anything? No. Is this is all like bootstrap. Like, it's all bootstrap. Yeah. We uh, we're bootstrapping. Uh, we did go through two accelerators. One was the Stitch Crew Accelerator. Okay. Which we learned so much out of. Um, they asked us if we wanted to raise. We knew we weren't ready. Yeah. Um, especially because our software wasn't completely done yet or anything. We we're like, we just okay. we don't want to race yet. Uh, and then we went through another accelerator. And then that's when we finally finish our alpha alpha version of our software. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was it's a couple months ago, really. Cool. Um, and then now what we would like to apply is for the Y Combinator. Okay. Um, but we're going to, we all decided to just keep working till the end of the year. And in December, we're going to sit down and decide what we're going to do, whether we decide to uh, apply for the YC Combinator or yeah. maybe another accelerator uh, okay can help us raise funding and are you going like web-based or you have like an app too or is it both like what? so it's it's uh it's a web uh the software is just online but uh-huh. it's very mobile friendly okay um cool. but we are um we're already thinking about when well, we're not thinking we're already like in the process looking for to create a an app okay for it and are you at the point to where like if someone in mexico is interested they can sign up and be like i want to be uh Mm-hmm. A supplier, like uh, that's already there. That's it's already there. there. That was the first thing that was there. Okay, cool, <laughs> awesome. So now, like, you you have some like it sounds like you have some wins. You you're able to supply. Like, how big do you think it, it's gotten so far? Like, um, like I said, we honestly just launched a few months back. That's okay. really when we launched our software. And um, right now we're just we're literally just sticking to Oklahoma City because okay. we want to make sure that our software is working properly. We want to get everything smooth. Yeah. Um, and once we understand exactly, because right now we're just doing things like clothing, textiles, really. Okay. Uh, products that don't require like a lot of uh, permits and licensing to bring into the U.S. Got it. Um, but we do want to expand to like consumable products, alcohol, cannabis okay. in the future. We know that's going to be big. Okay. So we want to be ready for that. Cool. I like that. We were talking a little bit off camera too. You were saying that, kind of this entrepreneur role led to like, you're also like a merchant liaison for mm-hmm. Calle del Cinco, Correct. right? So tell me about 
what that role <clears throat> entails. Like, what do you do? How'd you get involved with that? So um, I'm the merchant liaison at Calle Dos Cinco. I actually work with all of the merchants in the district. Okay. Um, I work literally everything that I've learned from my from JV's accessories and especially with my Edo, especially like yeah. all the tech part of things, uh, softwares and things. That's why I go in and I talk to them. I kind of literally sit down and kind of ask them like, how's your business going? What, what do you need help with? Okay. Um, whether it's sales, marketing, do you need to structure your business a little better? Okay. Um, so you're doing everything, not only like, Hey, do you have a web presence? You're also helping with like business. Do you have all your documents? Do you need any help with that too? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, that's what I'm doing there. And, you know, um, my role is to just work with the merchants. Okay. I also work with, a, um, just with other organizations, in Oklahoma city to see what other resources I can bring to that cool. district. Cool. Is that like a eight to five full-time gig or is it's it a part-time because of, uh, okay. of my Edo. It's cool. ultimately my Edo is the, that's like going to be like, <laughs> you, you think you're going to go full blown my Edo. That's going to be like, that's the dream. That's the end goal, right? That's the end goal. Okay. Very cool. So tell me a little bit about like, you know, being an entrepreneur, you got into stocks too, you got into crypto. Like, how did that happen? Was it just like over the pandemic when you were just like, hey, yeah, you basically. started researching and everything or what? Yeah, basically yeah. it was during the pandemic um, at Tinker. We were sent home for literally a month Man. and I was like, well, what do I do here? I can either sit down and play FIFA, yeah. I, which I did a little bit. <laughs> um, and I was like, or I can just I know at some point I need to learn how to invest because that's, you know, a little bit of passive income here and yeah, there definitely. make some literally easy money that I don't have to like go out and, and sweat for, you know? Right, right. Um, so I was like, okay, I uh, started first was like, uh, just buying some stocks. It was like, okay, I would, I follow this guy on the, <clears throat> uh, on YouTube and he would always talk about it, you know, his, mm -hmm. um, and he would always be like, yeah, like, you know, if you don't know anything about stocks, he was like, don't worry about it. Just if you're trying to get into stocks, start with something that you use daily that, you know, it's not going to okay. die. Cool. So I was like, okay, well, I used uh, uh, Microsoft. I play a lot of Xbox. I know they're not going to die soon. So I was yeah. like, okay, I'll start buying that. Okay. Uh, I go, I'm loyal to Apple. And I was like, I'll buy some of that. Nice. I, that's how I started doing it. And then yeah. eventually, you know, there was some, because of the algorithm and freaking TikTok, um, it started showing me videos where like guys were like, oh, this is about to go to the moon. So there yeah, I was. Okay. I was going to put some money in there. <laughs> so the stocks led to the crypto. Uh, and yeah. then that's where crypto yeah. started coming into. Okay. Some of these guys were like also looking to, you know, uh, yeah. Bitcoin. You know, at that point it was, uh, I think it was like 40K. It had gone, had gone from like 20 okay. to 40k remember so when that still big somewhat low right yes i think all-time uh, high was like 60 maybe. Some 67 yeah. or so yeah um so i started there uh and then my the co-founder he had uh, he had bought bitcoin uh -huh. when it was like a couple grand and he just oh, left nice. it alone he told me and i was like man why didn't you tell me about this because yeah. i've known him for like 12 years yeah and i was like bro like why didn't you tell me about it? he was like well i just he was like i just bought it and yeah. left it alone he did the same thing with um, Dogecoin. Oh, really? He bought it when it was like 0. 0.000 something and yeah. sold it when it was four cents and he made awesome. quite a bit of money. So I was cool. like, okay, I need to do that too. <laughs> Very cool. Do you remember uh, those stocks? Was there any cool play? Like, did you make like any gains out of, uh, of those stocks? You know, you mentioned Microsoft, Apple, any of those take off? So um, actually they've gone down. As you know, the market right now is... Oh yeah, right now everything's down. Right? <laughs> uh, but I'm in the long term. So ultimately I just, when the dip hits, I just put a little bit of money into it. Okay. Um, 
and then the, the, where I did get make some money was on AMC. Okay. Um, I bought it when it was like twelve, thirteen dollars, and I sold when it was like fifty dollars a share. Nice. So I made a little bit of money there, but again, yeah. I didn't believe in. It. I knew it was a meme stock, so right. I didn't put right. a whole lot of. I should have put more, but I didn't. <laughs> That's always the struggle. Is like you know, how much do you put, and then like when do you get out, right? Because you're always like <laughs> everything's to the moon, but like at some point, like it's gonna go back down. Right? Yeah. Same thing with crypto, I think. But I think if you think you missed the boat right now, it's like a good point to it's start adding, point to start up, adding right? up. Yeah. Did you ever panic when you put some money in and you're like, oh, crap, I need to get out? Or? No, because no. Uh, since day one, um, when I first started, like, I guess you could say trading, I've never really like taken any money out. I yeah. just keep adding into it. I'm like, I'll just buy the dip, buy the dip, okay, buy the okay. dip. And then I found out about dividends. So I was like, oh, this is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so I started buying more uh, uh what are some stocks. of your favorite uh, dividend stocks? Uh, I like Coca-Cola. I know it's not a huge dividend, but I'm yeah. like, it's never going to go out of business. True. <laughs> yeah. So every time Microsoft some, is dividends, Microsoft right? have some dividends. Uh, Chipotle. I, think I haven't bought dividends. Chipotle. Yeah. Um, I haven't bought Chipotle, but yeah, like when I, and I yeah. honestly, there's some that I never even heard of. I just saw that it was a high dividend. I was like, yeah. I just put some money into it. Okay. And I think I make couple bucks of those every month cool yeah it's something (laughs) yeah definitely i I think uh a lot of people don't know about dividends right and then there's also growth so i would put it like dividend stocks growth stocks and then there's probably like risky plays that's Mm kind of how i would divvy up but do you believe in like having exposure to all that or like where do you focus no yeah um again I never, I didn't go to school for like investing or stocks or anything. Yeah. So I'm not trying to play it smart where I'm like, I'm going to beat the market because yeah. I, I, especially now I've seen it where it's you like, can't I know time better. It. Yeah. No. So I'm like, I'll just put money where, um, where I believe it. if it's a good dividend, I'll put a little bit of money. If I lose it, no big deal. I'll yeah. learn. Okay. Um, luckily I haven't lost <laughs> much, but, yeah. uh, yeah. And then, um, I, I, I truly believe that you can't, you got to just, diversify your portfolio yeah so um what apps do you like to use for your stock and what apps do you like to use for your crypto so i know a lot of people talk a lot of smack about robin hood but that's what i use for my stocks. really okay even after the whole like yeah i know it was messed up yeah i knew it was messed (laughs) up i know it was messed up i tried using weeble but i was like man i'm so used to robin hood they make it so easy like yeah uh, the convenience of it yeah i like weeble (laughs) because i think their charts are a whole lot more advanced like if you're trying to like see the trends and everything like weeble has the best charts i think yeah but that that's what i was like okay like literally robin hood just tells you like like literally has a graph and weeble has all these and i was like i don't want to learn all that (laughs) yeah i think robin had even got in trouble at some point because you know they were doing like the confetti when you like yeah. buy something so the that was reward like reward system yeah it was like gamifying like Game you up. buying stocks and like they were like no you can't do that oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> what about the crypto what do you use for your, for the app for that um i use first it was robin hood and i was like okay okay, this okay. Is, there's only bitcoin and ethereum here yeah so i was like no i gotta find something else so it was um coinbase is what i okay. use do you remember any of the nfts that you picked up like what collection? It was, I don't remember the, again, it's been a minute. I haven't really touched them or anything. Yeah. Just because I know the market's so volatile. I'm like, okay. Yeah. It's literally a full-time job just trying to learn all that. Definitely. So I bought some, there was like some sneakers and they were going to do like, they were going to send you like the actual sneaker okay. of it. I bought some of that. I bought some, it was the um, 
Cholotles because it was like a Mexican NFT. And I was like, I'm all, you know, I'm all Mexican now. Yeah. And I'm like, I got to support <laughs> the, the Raza. So yeah. I bought one and I haven't really touched them or anything. And then I bought like the, the Oklahoma City Collection. Okay. Um, the Ghouls, right? Meta Ghouls? Is that Meta Ghouls. Yeah. yeah. I bought okay. that one. Yeah. We had uh, Jose Scott. Shout out Jose. And it sounds like you know a lo- another person that's involved with mm-hmm. that collection, right? Yeah. Okay. So, do you know any other entrepreneurs or Latinos in tech here in the city now that you're kind of involved in like all this stuff or what? Uh, there's not a whole lot. And honestly, um, I always try to encourage people to go. Okay. So, when I when we got when I got involved in my ADO, uh, like I said, my co-founder, he's a software developer, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Okay, well, um, because you're with me in this. He was like, come to these events with me. And I was cool. like, okay, look, I'm down. You know, you went uh, to like Teclahoma or something. Or we've been, so I normally, I really enjoy going to tech plus plus from okay. Kristen. Okay. Yeah, um, shout out Kristen. Shout out to Kristen. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy going to like every time I can, I will be there. Okay. Um, so I started going there and I, the, the first day I was there, mm-hmm. um, I looked up to Fernanda and I was like, bro, like, where are the homies at? Like, where's everybody at? Oh, and he was like, he was like, no, you're the second one here. And yeah. I was like, no, like, this isn't acceptable, bro. Like, we need to bring more people in here. Definitely. So every time I find anybody that's like interested in tech or is doing something that could be related to tech, because yeah. a lot of people don't understand. It's like, oh, you know, like I do a little bit of marketing or I'm HR or mm-hmm. I'm into sales or literally anything. I'm like, you are aware tech companies need this. Yeah. You don't you don't need to be a programmer to right. work there. They, they have different roles. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So literally anybody or even lawyers people you know i met some people that are like going to school to be a lawyer i'm like yeah. just go to it yeah go to it and then uh because of that we've seen a few more people and i was like just invite people it's free they give you free food and drinks yeah kristen's really nice like show up you yeah know, we'll be there are you a good networker like are you shy around people or are you at like first a- i was i was yeah. very shy um i was super shy man <laughs> uh, but you consider yourself an introvert or extrovert? What would you consider yourself? Now, I don't even know because now I don't have a problem talking to people. Yeah, you put me in awesome. a crowd, I'm like, okay, screw it. I yeah. just got to go out and talk to people. And now, like, you probably practice your pitch of like, hey, this is my app. This is what I'm working with. So now. Like, uh, yeah, we yeah. Uh, we had to get it down, especially during Stitch Crew. They were like, it yeah. needs to be 30 seconds long at the most. And I was like, we're like oh, yeah. wow. so give it to me. Give me the elevator pitch right here. Like, the elevator yeah. pitch is uh, uh, we're my ADO. We help wholesalers purchase directly from Mexican manufacturers. We verify the manufacturers and it's a secure uh, payment and logistics. Okay. Do you so, mention anything about like maybe reducing the risk of like finding vendors? You've already verified the vendors or like what, once we go into details. Uh, yes. Okay, yes. cool. Because I think you could like pitch it different ways like. You know, no risk to you. We found the best of the best, like quality. We verify, like you could like throw yeah, in a like lot that. of like lot of pros there, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> we have to get it like as as compressed yeah, as possible, definitely. so like it's a the verified manufacturers. That's what we say. Verified. Yeah. Cool. It sounds like you're passionate about also educating our community about tech and all that. So, are there any other things that you're doing to sort of like bring that out? Yes, and yeah. that's one of the reasons why I was so interested in the, being a merchant liaison at Calle Dos Cinco. Yeah, um, I truly believe, you know, like you know, most most of most Hispanics overall, mm-hmm. I believe most of us have that entrepreneurial yeah, uh, spirit. You know, it's like are you always <laughs> yeah. trying to do something. I mean, that's literally, literally why whether our parents or ourselves left yeah. our our home. You know, yeah, it's definitely. like we're looking for something better. Um, so. 
at Calle Dos Cinco, like I'm working with like other organizations. Uh, we want to create like these workshops. Okay. Um, I just started there a few months back. So like we're like developing that right now. Uh, we want to have workshops where business owners can and it'll be we want to we want to keep it as, you know, free to everybody. Definitely. Um, where business owners can go in and like learn about bookkeeping, learn, learn about accounting, you know, okay. learn about loans, learn about marketing, yeah. social media presence, everything that is needed for your business to grow. <clears throat> because now it's something that uh, I've seen in our community with a yeah. lot of business owners. You're a media company first and then whatever it is that you're doing, mm -hmm. like. If you sell tortillas, first you got to like say like, hey, we sell tortillas. We got to market tortillas mm -hmm. before. Like you, you just can't be a tortilla like, yeah. vendor, right? The more I dive myself into the community, yeah, <clears throat> most of these uh, people just, you know, a lot of them, not most, a lot of them. It's like, okay, well, I open up my, you know, you go from like starting something kind of like as a side thing, you know, um, doing out of your garage, you go to little events here and there. Yeah. And the next step is like, I want to open a storefront. And then it's like, that's it. Like, what do you do there? Right. Like, what do you, how do you grow from there? And they're like, yeah. Oh, and a lot of them is like, you oh, know, it was the worst mistake I ever did. Like getting, oh, really? a, yeah. Getting okay. a storefront because they're like, it's so expensive. And you know, now you're I tied to it. You have to be there. Right. And that's what I always tell them. Like, you know, what are you doing to grow it? Yeah. How are you structuring your business? Um, how do you making it, a business, you know, because <clears throat> that's another misconception that we have. It's like, um, you know, I start, you know, for example, I start buying clothes from Mexico and selling them here. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's not a business. It's a, it's a, you're, you're self-employed into it. Right. You know, how do you create it to actually be able to step out? Cause yeah. that's what I tell a lot of people. I'm like, if you step out tomorrow, like, is this, is this a business or is this like your, your, part-time job right. with no benefits <laughs> right because you have to be able to scale it right that's exactly yeah. so that's another thing that i try to like educate and i'm like okay like you need to start structuring it where you know like you can bring other people on board you can yeah. actually they can actually help you grow it like yeah ultimately and i had to learn the the uh the hard way myself you know with jv's the, the yeah. accessories i was like man like it's got a lot of potential but you know, I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, yeah. I got to learn everything. I got to learn marketing. I got to learn sales. I got to learn how to build a website and everything. And then because of that, I was like, okay, well, I can't learn all that. Like, it's going to take me, I'm going to be 50 by the time I'm ready to, ready to launch a full right. business. So that's what with my head, I was like, I just, I got to work with people. that know what they're doing. They can compliment what I, things that I don't know, they yeah. can compliment it. Okay. So what would you say, like, if people aren't familiar with Calle Dos Cinco, like maybe give us a little pitch of like Calle Dos Cinco, maybe shout out some of the vendors, you know, <clears throat> why should people check it out? So at Calle Dos Cinco, you know, um, it's uh, it's on 25th uh, between Robinson. We're the ones that do the uh, Fiesta de las Americas. OK, um, so if you've ever been to it, we're the organizers to it. Cool. Um, we do have some vendors. We um, as like I said, my role there was was created. Uh, I'm the first person to take over it. Okay. Um, so like right now I'm trying to integrate the businesses more into the event. Uh, we're trying to create more events like yearly that way more people come in into it. And I, yeah. and my, my job is to talk to the business owners and I'm like, okay, we are bringing the people into the district. How can you bring those people from the street into your business and mm -hmm. make them want to come back in the future. Definitely. So like we're I'm trying to work with them for like to run specials. We're trying to work with them so that they can have a social media presence. Yeah. Uh, shout out to um, Aaron, uh, AB's uh, barbershop. 
Okay. Um, he he's doing real well. He's a barber, and you know he's he, awesome. he's got some cool fades. So you guys got to oh, go yeah? check him out cool. down there. Um, you know we have Aaron, we have uh Shay. She does nails. Okay. Um, she's trying to do a lot with like the community. I think they're doing something with uh, uh for women uh that you know that don't have the resources. Mm-hmm. She'll do their nails for free. Awesome. Um, and that way women can go and like have their nails done. Okay. to the job interview that's cool yeah it's real yeah. cool so i'm working with her to like grow her business again you know yeah um uh, a lot of these people are kind of like me they remind me of and again you know i'm no expert at a lot of things but you kind of already went through i some went of the through some of the struggles yeah. man trust me um so i tell them like okay you know like no big deal like you don't know okay we'll learn and if yeah. i don't know it i'll learn it along with you yeah i'll make sure of that and uh you know we uh we go to certain workshops and when i invite people i'm like i i need to be there so okay maybe it's a refresher course or maybe it's something new for me. There's things that I don't, you know, that I don't know. Right. Right. And I think uh, some of these other districts are having like (laughs) art walks or they're having like these live music events or like, you know, murals, stuff like that. Like, I think if you made some of those events where it would attract people to just kind of like walk around, get to know some of these vendors, I think that would be a great thing. Correct. Um, Right now for Fiesta de las Americas last year is the first time that they, um, I wasn't there, so they did it, uh, where they brought in artists and they did a mural. Okay. Uh, for this year, we're expanding it more because, uh, shout out to Daisy. I know she was here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, she's the one that's helping us with that, with bringing okay. in a lot of artists. I feel like Daisy district. knows everybody. Daisy's the plug out here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Daisy's the plug. So, um, yeah, she's the one that, uh, that's kind of taking over the, the arts part of the, okay. the uh, fiestas de las Americas. And like, she's, she's great. Uh, so yeah, we're incorporating more artists. We want to keep it within the community where local artists can come in and showcase their, pro- uh, either products, yeah. uh, things of that nature. Um, I heard there's a rumor that there's going to be like an old school, like Plaza, like something. Oh, it's like not that. a rumor anymore. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a go. It's, it's a yeah. go. Awesome. Uh, we have, uh, we're talking to the, uh, architects and these architects have worked with the other districts. So okay. they're the ones that have built around the other more, very prominent cool. district so i'm honestly not sure if it's going to have a kiosk or not yeah i would like to see a kiosk and for that we have a lot of plans for that as well oh, awesome cool do you have like a projected timeline for that or a roadmap so for that? i think it's supposed to start sometime this year um uh my boss is the one that's over that okay um so like uh you know whenever they have those meetings i'm i'm not sure. there i'm out talking to the merchants but yeah um yeah it's supposed to start sometime this year uh the construction of it and they're going to close down the whole street yeah <clears throat> and make the plaza there cool i think even if you like merge like the tech community and also brought and bring them out there right because they probably have never been, They've maybe. Never been to, yeah so maybe start maybe you can have like some events host them there or something that'd be kind of cool you know they're yeah. right i haven't thought of that <laughs> yeah i think see i'm already like brainstorming here so you mentioned that your role's new right so I think that's a positive. You can make it into whatever you want to be, right? You, Correct. You don't have like any history. You don't have anything that you have to deal with. Like you make it what you want to. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I think like I would start brainstorming all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And as in right now, you know, those workshops that I mentioned, like I, I know they're necessary in our community. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm, you know, we're creating them, um, getting together with other people. Again, shout out to Daisy. Yeah. Uh, to, to just create them and even whether... I'm here or whoever takes over, they can be structured that way. They keep going. You know, it's something that is not like if I'm gone tomorrow, they won't be able to do them. I want to structure them that way. They can keep helping our community in the future. Cool. 
So along the way with your app, with your entrepreneurship, has there ever been a point where you're like, I want to give up? I'm just going to go do like my tinker thing. That was like a steady paycheck. Oh, man. Like this isn't for me. Uh, there's been plenty of times, yeah. but you know, I, uh, usually when I feel like that, I'm like, I just, I know I'm kind of getting burnt out. I just yeah. literally take the afternoon to myself. Okay. Uh, maybe hop on on FIFA or something that's going to distract me and just yeah. get me away from it. Uh, and the next morning I get up, I'm like, okay, I've worked too much to just let it go. And like, there's future on it. So I'm like, just got to keep working. Yeah. You mentioned that you listen to podcasts and you check out stuff online. What are some of your favorite resources that you've discovered that kind of motivate you or educate you of like new resources, new tech, new things that are happening? Um, <clears throat> I listen a lot to this one podcast. It's called Emprendeduros. Ah, uh, okay. Con Salomon. Con Salomon. Yeah, I like him. You like yeah. him? Yeah. That's, that's, uh, I get a lot of yeah. Salomon. He's great. That is the Brody. <laughs> uh -huh. So I listen yeah. a lot to that. Okay. I listen to, um, Carlos Munoz, even though a lot of people talk smack about him. Yeah, some say uh, that it's kind of like a con artist, a yeah. sketchy thing. Some of it is yeah. kind of sketchy, but uh, I look at things like, you know, you got to take the best out of everything, you know? Yeah. Um, so whenever he gets out, like, his boards and everything, I'm like, yeah. this is it. This okay. is where I need to, <laughs> to be at. Yeah. Uh, whenever he's talking about, like, your personal brand, I'm like, okay, I'm not interested. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you know, I probably should, but you may listen to Spanish podcasts. That's then? really yeah. um, my main thing. Spanish. Okay. Cool. Everything. Um, uh, yeah. Even books. If I find them on Spanish, I read them. I listen to them in Spanish. I don't yeah. like to actually, I can't sit down and read a book. No, no I can't. I can't force <laughs> you do myself. like audible or what I do, do audible. Yeah. That's all I do. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think, uh, Salomon has a cool story. Like he, like, you know, moved to Cali, like did real estate. He did movies for a while. Uh, okay. And then Prendeduros, the both of them, they moved to New York. Oh, and then see, I didn't know until like he got to Cali. And then he yeah. moved to Cali because he was like, I want to do. Um, you want to do movies. Movies. Like like big scale movies. Yeah. And I think he did it for a while from what he's, again, just listening to him talk right. about it. And he did it for a while. And then he got into real estate. He just, yeah. he says that all the time. He was like, I just got into real estate because I had money and I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. And I just got in at the perfect time. So I'm hoping that'll be that that'll be me someday. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. And then I think during the pandemic, he moved to Austin. Yeah. He lives yeah. down in Texas now. Yeah. He's a cool guy. If, if people aren't aware of him, like to check him out. But he's like, you know, real deal. Like he's going to cuss. He's going to yeah. like, yeah. it's not like you're listening, like some official like no. finance guy. Like mm -hmm. he's going to tell you there's going to be some cuss words there, you know, <laughs> which I kind of enjoy. I rather have that type. You know? I rather feel like it's a true person. Um, I try listening to people that are very technical and I'm like, again, I yeah. just, I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> I can't do this. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised that you got into stocks and crypto. If you were not following like people that are real, like technical about it. Right. <laughs> because if, I, if you don't feel like the technical guys, if that's not your thing, it's going to be the Brodies that are like to the moon stocks and like yeah. risky stuff. And again, I, right. I did get into some of those stocks. It was like to yeah. the moon. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, let me hop on that yeah. rocket. And it never went anywhere. Yeah. Um, but again, uh, it was like I, I had to learn from it, you know. Yeah. Cool. No, I like no. that. So what would you say to the people that maybe have an idea? Maybe they want to start a business. Like what would be like some of the recommendations you would have for them? First, I would say, um, think big, think, um, um, I, this is the, uh, this is what with, was with my Edo. Yeah. you know, it was like how many, <clears throat> if it's a product, how many products do I have to sell to make a million dollars? Okay. I just, I look at the million dollar rule. It's like, 
Uh, if you propose to a business to me, it's like, okay, let's sit down and see how many products do we have to sell to, to make a million dollars. So with your lighter example, how many lighters would we have to sell? to? Get I would to never do the lighters again because of that. I would yeah. never do the lighters again because they okay. were like 250 a piece. So you tell me that. <laughs> There's a lot of effort. There's there, a lot right? of effort there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I would not do that again. Okay. Um, maybe to just some sorry make some quick money i guess but yeah uh for a legit business it's like i got that million dollar rule it's like how many products or how much service do we have to provide to make a million dollars okay cool i i think there's still like some validity and some like i think benefits to what you did with like selling out of your trunk just to prove a concept to see like you know before you invest like your life savings or something into this idea that you have Let's test the waters. Let's exactly. test the market to see if there's a need, right? Exactly. Um, that's another p thing that I tell people, you know, if you're thinking about, it could be anything. And I, I tell a lot of people, it's like, um, for example, you know, maybe your, your day job, you know, what are you doing there? You have to be, you have to know something that people want to pay for, Yeah. you know, like use that to your advantage. Like you don't have to like completely start, you know, a lot of people are like, let, let's say they, they're into, I don't know, they're a manager somewhere. Um, and they're like, well, you know, I want to open my own restaurant just because I know how to cook. I'm like, okay, well, just because you know how to cook, how scalable is it going to be? Right. How much needed is your dish? You know, yeah. um, do something that you can actually use the knowledge that you have. Maybe you're a manager at JCPenney. Like, what have you learned from JCPenney? You know, things like that. Use that to your advantage and test out the waters. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe you could be the next uh, Macy's, but you'll never know until you test it out. If you have to do it out of your trunk, do it. Yeah. Um, now I know the concept that you talked about with the shoes. Now it's like, if you want to go online, like just put out a website, you know, yeah. there, um, there doesn't have to be anything on the back end of that. Nothing, right? like it's exactly. just the front to just like the test front the model. Just to test the yeah. model. Um, and uh, that's one of the things because because of the international things that we're involved in, we've gotten mm -hmm. some like interesting proposals. Yeah. And same thing i'm like okay let's test out the water like we don't even need the product let's yeah. just make a website um put it out for sale throw a little bit of money behind marketing and if it sells we'll get the product if not we'll just throw that out yeah. you know out the window no big deal yeah i think so here's an example for you so mcdonald's if i if i were to ask you what do you think the job of their milkshake is at mcdonald's like what are they trying to do with the milkshake what type of people are they trying to attract what would you say to that People, I would say, oh, first of all, the milkshake is an upsell. Uh, so, and that's another thing I tell people, like you already have a product. If you have a restaurant or something, what can you yeah. upsell to those people to make more money? So first that's an upsell. Uh, second, it's, it has, it's a convenient way of getting us like your dessert in because ultimately McDonald's sells to you the convenience of a quick burger, sure. cheap, quick burger. So the milkshake, you know, a lot of people like want a dessert and they want something on the go. So McDonald's was real smart about it. And yeah. I believe they came up with that milkshake. And we're like, okay, like this is going to sell. Yeah, so Even you're kind of right. So they did a lot of research, right? Uh -huh. And what they were trying to do is like, how can we like sell more of these, right? So they had focus groups where they would bring people in. And they would say like, what do you like about our milkshakes? What do you want to change? So they would like change ingredients based on what they were getting, right? But then at the end of the day, they couldn't sell more milkshakes. Like they would like put them out there and like, nothing would change. They were up their ingredients, nothing would change. So finally they figured out that the typical milkshake buyer buys it in the morning, like 6 a.m. It's like breakfast. Yeah, so before they go to work, they say, I wanna have a milkshake because I can't really have a bagel. I can't put a spread on it, right? It's too hard to drive. 
So the milkshake keeps me busy, keeps me awake while I'm driving because it's so hard to suck on it. It keeps you busy. It also keeps me full until like 10 in the morning. I'm not hungry because of the milkshake. Uh. So all that they figured out just like kind of doing research and everything. But if you would ask people like, what is a milkshake for? You would never think like that's the job of the milkshake at McDonald's. It's pretty crazy. Huh? Yeah. So I wonder how other restaurants have done it. You know, they're like change your Brahms does that. They're like change your drink for a milkshake. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to drink a milkshake with my burger. Yeah. So I wonder what their deal behind that is. Like who would have thought like six in the morning, there's a market for someone that wants to like on their commute to work, they want to stay busy, right? Like they don't want to fall asleep. So they buy a milkshake and it keeps them like full. They're not going to be hungry until lunchtime. And like, that's what they came up with, right? Because I don't want to like have a bagel. I don't want to have this messy thing because I'm driving. The yeah. milkshake kind of solves that problem. It's pretty and see, crazy. That's another thing. I tell a lot of people with their business, they're like, I don't know what else to sell. Like my things and sell. I'm like, always experiment. Yeah. Always. Ex do not ever get tired of experimenting. Definitely. Because you don't know what experiment is going to take you to the moon. Cool. So one of the things I always do with my guests is I ask them, like, tell me something about yourself that most people don't know about you. So I'm going to put you on the spot to share a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I don't normally share the the part where like uh, me going to school here, like, you know, um, so you already got that okay. one out. Um, something that a lot of people don't know about me. It could be a weird thing that you like to eat. I'm in love with tortas de tamal. Tortas, we were talking about that. He just came back from DF and we were talking about, I don't get it. Like it's too much bread. Like yeah. I've never had one, but it seems like it would be you super dry. You need to, man. Yeah. I'm in love with tortas de tamal. I is there I, a place here in the city to get one, or you just have to like go buy the tamal and go buy uh, the normally bread? Normally, that's what I do. Yeah. Normally, okay. that's what I do. Yeah. And uh, I remember the first time I went to La Oaxaqueña, <clears throat> they had tamales, and I was like, okay, well, I just make my own torta. They thought nice. it was the weirdest thing. <laughs> They're because yeah. I was like. You know, I was like, can you cut it for me? Yeah. And they were like, why? And I was like, just cut it. Like, I'm just nice. asking you to cut it, you know? Yeah. And then they saw me putting the tamal and they just thought it was the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. Um, even my wife, she was like, she was like, you're so weird. And then yeah. I got to try it. Now she loves them too. Nice. I'm going to have to break down and try it. To me, it's like, it seems like it would be too dry and too much bread. Like the month's already like, I don't know, a million calories or something. You're going to add another bread on top of that. Um, <laughs> and I guess another thing is... Uh, I, I guess I'm weird like that. I like um, eat, just eating a bolillo, like bolillo. Yeah. And I'll just either have Coke with it or just water. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> All right. I was expecting you to like dip it in milk no, or something. Uh -uh. Okay. Either Coke or water. <laughs> All right. Cool. I like that. So for the people out there that want to follow you, they want to check out what you're doing. You know, if you want to plug in your social media, go ahead. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm not a big into Instagram, but it's there. Or your business. Does your business <laughs> uh, have an Instagram or... We have it, but we um, normally like, honestly, like I, I, we're not to the point where we have enough uh, like people to like help us out. Yeah. But uh, we know we have to at some point. Definitely. <laughs> um, but um, most of the things that we do is through Facebook okay. for our, our, our um, company. So it's my Edo. You can okay. just look up my Edo and it'll be on Facebook or you can go to www.myedo.com. Cool. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for your time. I mean, we talked about like, a different, you know, hustles and entrepreneurship and crypto. We were all over the place. It'd be cool to, you know, chop it up again. I'm sure you'll, you have more stories. And once your app keeps growing and growing, we want to wish you continued success. So thank you so much. I thank appreciate you. it. All right. There you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, the super talent, Jose Eseril on the Maverick podcast. Keep grinding because in the dream, we trust. <laughs>